The Mets are still alive by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. And maybe more importantly, or at least more likely, uh, they'll avoid last place. So uh, they can keep that going. Or at least they, they, the worst they can do is tie for last place. But Pete McCarthy with Tim Britton, another episode of the Metrospective. Mets beat the Nationals on Monday night by a score of 3-2. to two. Uh, it doesn't mean a ton, I, I suppose, at, at this point, Tim. And it's it, it's frustrating that a team that, that did have some things going their way this year, as much as the injuries to the pitching staff and Marcus Stroman uh, deciding uh, to opt out of the season hurt this team. Uh, it felt like they, they certainly underachieved along the way, which we have talked about. And it, it's almost official that they will not be playing any baseball in October. Well, you know, I, I haven't gone back and listened to all of our last off-season podcasts and, and our talk in spring training and throughout the summer, but I believe we did talk about how we expected this team to get to the final weekend of the season and really be in it, and here they are uh, in a way that's more disappointing than I think anyone would have suspected. That was uh, the mark of success uh, for this organization for a long right, time, yeah, right? It's meaningful September baseball. Meaningful kinda, September I think everybody ba- played it this year. Meaningful September baseball when the season starts in late July is a little bit less of a, an aspiration. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's really, it, I think, inexcusable to miss the playoffs when eight teams make it, when you're looking at teams in front of you, uh, the likes of San Francisco, who's clearly rebuilding, uh, Miami, who lost 18 players between two of its games this season, uh, that, that those teams are in line to finish ahead of you. Uh, that's that's really disappointing uh, for the Mets, that, and it should be disappointing. It's, and, you know, because like you said, they've gotten a lot of good years. It's not like... Uh, a lot of the the performance that they've gotten this year is kind of this aberrational thing where, oh, you know, they lost Jacob deGrom for the entire season or something. You've gotten a, what you expect out of deGrom. You've gotten outstanding years offensively from guys like Michael Conforto and Dominic Smith. You've gotten, you know, good years from Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz, which, which you didn't have last year. Hmm. Uh, and yet here you are at 26 and 31 and needing, uh, if not a miracle, then a... a a load of help this weekend to uh, make the postseason a, an expanded postseason where more than half the teams get in. Well, building on what you said, what do you think? Three Mets get votes for the MVPs, not not first place votes. The writers vote for ten uh, apiece, and I would think there are at least three Mets that will receive votes here once uh, once the MVP voting hits in October. Yeah, you know, I haven't looked. I I'm not voting for MVP this year, so I haven't looked all the way down that list. Uh, to get a, a full idea of, of how that shapes out. But I would certainly, I would expect uh, Smith and Conforto and DeGrom to be among probably the 15 players that a vote a voter would consider. Uh, and, you know, it, it certainly would not surprise me. You know, pitchers always get, get ranked kind of differently. Uh, mm. But I, I would expect, yeah, I, I would think those guys all end up on at least uh, a ballot or two uh, in the top 10. And then here they are, 26 and 31. And as you said, they need a, a small miracle, a Hail Mary to be playing even meaningful baseball the final day of the regular season uh, as they'll finish out this year against the Washington Nationals. It's real quick, a couple of things from Monday's game, and then we'll get into the big news of the day. Sandy Alderson is going to be rejoining this Mets organization, but uh, on Monday, David Peterson with a, another solid outing, and, and he looks like somebody you can you can build on. Uh, Edwin Diaz, a save, and he gets it done, even if it wasn't perfect in the ninth inning, giving up a run along the way. You know, it is Thursday, Pete. I know it's this it's this late in the season. It is difficult to get there. I lost track of days of the week, too. Oh, gosh. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> uh, 
with with Peterson, uh, it's a you know it's a really nice, encouraging way for him to finish the season. Uh, he had that little blip. You know, he, he started off so strong, had a little bit a little bit of a blip where he struggled with his command a bit, especially with his fastball. Issued more walks, was behind in more counts. You know, the results never really went sideways for him outside of the one start against the Phillies, uh, but. Uh, it was nice to see him recover from that. And these last two starts were really nice uh, against the Braves and the Nationals. It's a really, really strong way to finish the season. You go into the offseason uh, on a bit of a high. And, you know, Peterson talked after the game uh, about, you know, not 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 thinking the season's necessarily done yet. He's prepping for hmm. potential playoff start beyond this. But, you know, there we've talked really since before the season even started about all the questions you have in this rotation moving forward behind Jacob deGrom. Uh, and now in David Peterson, you've got a guy that uh, I think you can pretty much write in ink in the uh, 2021 opening day rotation, provided he is healthy. You know, I don't, I don't think you want him to be your number two right behind Jacob deGrom. I think you're looking at him more as a, a probably number four starter type. But uh, you, you would jump all over him doing the exact same thing he did this year, next year for 30 starts. And Peterson, of course, a former first round pick of... Sandy Alderson, when he was the general manager of the Mets. And Sandy is apparently making his way back to the organization. We'll tell you all about that right after this. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just kind of brush it off, blame ourselves, saying things like, eh, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Mets and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash Mets today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Mets. GetRoman.com slash Mets. So Steve Cohen has made it public that Sandy Alderson will be his choice for the president position within the organization. However you look at it, Sandy will handle uh, the baseball side of things as well as the business uh, side of things and, and be up above all of that, I mean, it's fascinating. Sandy's only been gone as the general manager of this team a, a little over two years now. Uh, you saw some success in his time with the Mets, not completely. And when we had Sandy Alderson on the show uh, a few months ago in the midst of the pandemic when the season was shut down, Sandy was, was pretty open about some of the pluses and, and some of the minuses of his first now tenure with the Mets. It's a hard question. I mean, I would let somebody else figure that out. I, I don't think it was a resounding success in terms of the golden age of the Mets. <laughs> On the other hand, I'm not sure what is the golden age of the Mets. The Mets have had the high points. Uh, but, you know, what, what I would look for is su sustained success. And um, 
we didn't have that during my uh, tenure. I'm not sure the Mets have ever had it. And uh, you know, to me, if if you're going to say something successful over an eight or nine year period, it, it's about sustaining, getting to a point, and then sustaining it over a period of time. And I highly recommend go back listen to that full interview I did today. Now that Sandy Alderson is returning, and I don't think it would have ever crossed his mind at the time that he could return to the Mets, but uh, this is the situation that has developed, and Sandy previously, or just recently, was an advisor within the Oakland A's organization. It is a stunning turn of events, even if it does make a whole lot of sense for both Steve Cohen and the Mets. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, uh, and I I wrote this uh, in The Athletic on Thursday, you know, Alderson is a guy who's who's been really important to, and he talked about this in our interview, uh, kind of the branding of an organization. You know, back when in Oakland, that was a team that didn't have an identity after Charlie Finley sold it. Charlie Finley had been the face of that franchise. And when Alderson came in as GM, he kind of set a new identity uh, for, for the A's of the late 80s, a team that won a World Series and went to two others. Uh, when he came in with the Mets the first time, it was kind of bringing the respectability back to the franchise during a time of turmoil. And now for Steve Cohen, I think it's bringing a familiar level of gravitas to a guy that's a, a less of a known quantity to the other owners. So I think it's interesting and telling that Cohen announced this publicly even before the approval process because this helps him get the approval process. Uh, and then, you know, when you look at Alderson overall, uh, team presidents take that, that you know, the, the range of, of their roles is, is pretty wide mm-hmm. uh, and what they might want to do. So it's, it's kind of unclear to me exactly what direction he'll take this in. Uh, but, you know, this is a guy who... Uh, I think makes a lot of sense as a transitional piece. I, and I, I say that not necessarily suggesting he's going to be a temporary piece, but if you're, if you want to figure out what is the best way to run this front office, who, who currently in the, the organization should stay and who should go, you have Sandy Alderson look at it. You know, he's got a, a recent read on this team from his time here up until 2018. He knows what it's like to be say the general manager under the will pond. So he knows how to place what Brody Van Wagenen and his group has done in context of working under that ownership and can probably be as as objective an evaluator as possible in that that time period. So, you know, I was, I was talking to a couple different people uh, in baseball today about what might happen next. And, you know, one of the possibilities here is that you have Alderson to basically serve, you know, whether it's serving as kind of the main baseball decision maker for a period of time before he hires a new GM, before he decides he wants Van Wagenen to stay on. Maybe Van Wagenen doesn't want to stay on in that, that kind of reduced role. Um, but he's, he's a guy who can kind of give a good read on, okay, what's working well in the organization right now and what's not, uh, and, and how much of that is to blame, it can be attributed to uh, the Wilpon ownership and what can't. Now, Sandy and Brody, you would think, are very familiar with each other. As Mets fans know, uh, Brody Van Wagenen negotiated a number of contracts with the Mets for his clients over the years. And obviously, Jeff Wilpon was very involved with that. But certainly, Sandy Alderson would have been as well. You know, I thought it was interesting when we had him on. And again, Sandy Alderson is is looking at this back in, was it uh, April, May, through the lens of an executive with the A's and someone who was with the Mets, but we, we brought up his drafting history and I mentioned Jared Kelnick's name and he's like, I, I don't want to talk about Jared Kelnick. Like, you know, and the, you, you hear kind of the disgust in his voice and it could be, Hey, that was his uh, star pick. He felt, and he's not going to stick around in New York. And also the fact that he ended up in Seattle where he's going to be 
and will be playing against the A's for a number of years. But uh, just not that you know, said he said anything that really explodes out there, but I, I think by the way that he said it, it wouldn't seem to be a move that he thought very highly of from Brody Van Wagenen. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we've talked about this for a while with Van Wagenen's future under new ownership. Uh, and this is, you know, certainly announcing that you're going to hire a new club president who oversees baseball operations, the way Cohen said in his statement, uh, does not bode well for Van Wagenen moving forward. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily be, think this means that by this point next week, the Van Wagenen is going to be out of a job. I think it might be a longer term process. Um, but I, I think in terms of, of Van Wagenen making the big decisions on his own for where the Mets head going forward, uh, th- those days are, are numbered at this moment. Your take of all the names that are out there that have been floated about. I mean, fans have been talking about like Theo Epstein or Brian Cashman and and throwing out some real whales uh, that Steve Cohen could go out and try to land. Do you think Sandy's the right hire? You know, I, I think, like I said, uh, he makes a lot of sense as a transitional piece. Uh, you know, and, and Sandy turns 73 in November. I'm not sure how long he wants to do this, if he's kind of primed to do a three- or four-year thing or if he's going to be here for maybe t- two years, something like that. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, I the, the Brian Cashman stuff just kind of struck me like the Nets trying to get Greg Popovich. Like, mm-hmm. sure, you can, you can try, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, same with Theo Epstein. Uh, you know, I, I think, well, although he is coming up on his 10 years, he doesn't like spend more than 10 years in a place he said when I was in Boston. Uh, so, you know, there there are other options that are out there and maybe uh, they'll be out there in a little bit if Alderson decides he doesn't want to stick around for that long. But I I don't think those are going to take time. And I, that's time that Mets no, don't necessarily have this offseason. If you're trying to woo Theo Epstein or something, that you're not getting that done in early October. His team's going to the playoffs. They might be in it for a little while. Uh, you're not going to have really the front office you want in place in time for a really important offseason. So I, I think this... This path makes uh, it common sense for the Mets mm. at this point. No, you're right. The timing is a big part of it, too. Zanny Alderson is available right here, right now, not necessarily strapped to a team in a, a big position. So it makes sense in a lot of different ways. And I, I really feel Sandy did a, a very good job in his time with the Mets. You look back at those drafts, uh, what they were able to develop. I mean, look at the Mets lineup today. So many of these players uh, were drafted and developed under Sandy Alderson and he didn't hit on a lot of those you know mid-tier to lower tier free agent signings that they had now how limited were they by the Wilpons budget how much does that change with Steve Cohen coming in Uh, these are some of the open questions but I got to think things that make this an exciting opportunity for Sandy Alderson but over next podcast on Monday maybe before a Mets playoff game more likely uh, will be the the end of the road, and we'll recap the season a little bit and then uh, start looking ahead as well have a couple of episodes for you coming up next week. But let, let's hope for the best here, Tim. Braves or Cubs, who would you prefer to face <laughs> in the first round if you get that sixth seed, you know? Give me the Braves. Let's go. 99 revenge. <laughs> would a three-game series victory over them constitute pure revenge? We'll get into it on Monday when it's, when it's more <laughs> realistic. Adios, people.